Property Podcast. In this fifth episode, we are going to be doing various things. Firstly, we're looking at the different visas that people can get to come and live in Spain, the requirements and the possibilities, along with the type of person that the visa may suit. But before we start, just a few pieces of news and thanks. Firstly, I'm pretty sure we've just had the busiest week we've ever had after over 20 years of doing this work. It was also lovely to see some answers this week on a Facebook post asking about our company and its reputation, and unanimously in the replies we had loads of people praising us for our honesty, transparency, and better still, the fun we put into the search for properties, not to mention the professionalism. It's really humbling to hear that after we have helped people to get the home, they're really grateful for the efforts we put in. It's what we aim for, of course, but it's good that people have really nice things to say about us. We have uploaded a great selection of properties this week. Take a look at the homepage at valenciaproperty.com. We've also managed to make that appointment we talked about last week, and we've got somebody joining us for the next few months to see if he likes working with us. Paul will be a great asset to the company if he does. In uh, music news, uh, concerts in Valencia this summer now include Texas, Simple Minds, The Black Eyed Peas, Maneskin, Cristina Aguilera and Iggy Pop. Of course, I had already bought my tickets for Simple Minds in Murcia, so now I may have to see them twice, once in a bullring in 40 degree heat, and then in Valencia. Remember, you can sign up to our WhatsApp broadcast list where we send first notifications of price drops, new properties, bargains, blog posts and more. Drop me a line on WhatsApp on 0034 for Spain, 657-994311 with your name and message, I want in and I'll add you. It's strictly limited to the first 256 people to contact as that's the limit that WhatsApp has. We've had to add a second group because the first one was totally filled up. So there's a lot of people receiving these messages. Just before we start, we have our first listener question today and it's from Stephen. Hello, Graham. I, uh, I've read all the content on your excellent website, and um, it's, there's a lot of detail there that's helpful, but it's a little bit overwhelming. So if I'm a, a buyer coming from a very different place, starting from scratch, in what order do you suggest I make decisions about, uh, about so that I can get from where I am to, to ready to buy? Um, do I look at location first, housing type? What's, what is your sort of a guide to the order in which to make decisions um, that maybe can then guide me through your website? That's a typical question and our answer is usually the same whenever we get asked this. Location is everything. You shouldn't expect to turn up and go and see 10 properties on the first day and choose one that suits you and buy it. That'll only happen if you don't really care about where you buy. Investors, for example, looking for a return on their investment are just looking for returns, not location. You must first decide on the location, because if you don't like the location, you won't buy the property, however much you like it on photos you see on the internet. Just this week, I met up with some potential clients who wanted to know where they should look. After listening to what they wanted from a property, I gave them some suggestions. 
In their case, it was lots of places on the coast between Valencia and Alicante. They then asked me to take them to see properties, and of course, I had to refuse. There's no way to make a decision on a property if you don't know where you want to be. First, they had to make that choice. Now, for some people, Valencia is the answer, and anywhere is okay. But we like to be more forensic and find as perfect a place as possible for our clients. Now, the second part of the question is interesting, because once you've decided on that location, then we usually ask you to fill in a form. Sounds boring, but that's what we do. And the form has got your must-haves, your would-likes, and your definitely mustn't-haves. Once you do that, we know the type of property you want. At that point, we can start looking. We start looking in the areas that you want for the type of property you want, and of course, that's within your price range. Once we do that, we generally find a place pretty quickly for most of our clients. Hope that helps, Stephen. Today we're talking about visas for coming to live in Spain. We talked about it a bit last week, but we're going to go a bit deeper into the requirements this week, especially for the non-lucrative visa, which is a common way of being able to stay 365 days a year in Spain. Before we start though, let's get one thing straight. If you have an EU passport, you have the right to live and work in Spain. No problems, no visa needed. As we said in the last week's episode, that's what Brexit has denied to UK citizens except all of them who have now got Irish passports from their maternal grandparents, those ex-clients of ours who have made a call on their Greek heritage, welcome uh, welcome soon, Christina, or Italian family connections. And no, I don't mean those type of family connections. As far as I know, there are no horse heads left in the beds of anyone. The first visa we're going to talk about is the Golden Visa. This is the easy one, as when you use a decent lawyer, the process is virtually automatic, and a few weeks after making the investment of over 500,000 in property, or 1 million in bonds or shares, you have your golden visa, allowing you the right to stay in Spain without the obligation to be here, and the freedom to roam around the Schengen area all year without worrying about 90 days in 180, or anything ridiculously old-fashioned and retrograde like that. If you're thinking about the Golden Visa, we have written extensively about it on the blog, and the articles are linked up in the show notes. Bear in mind that if you think that any time in the future you might want the Golden Visa, then you have to think about that in your first purchase for a lower amount. If you don't, then the cost of the Golden Visa may be considerably higher. Why? Well, let's take the numbers. If you buy for 300000 you only need to buy another 200000 in order to get the Golden Visa. However, if you buy for 300,000 between two people, that's 150,000 each. So the next purchase would have to be 350 from one person in order to make up that 500,000. It's worth thinking about if you ever may get the golden visa in the future. We have clients who've got the golden visa by mortgaging their property in the United States, for example, and using the funds to buy a property in Spain over 500k without a mortgage. This is possible for UK clients now, of course, and we've already had one person who's done it this year. That's 2022, by the way. As mentioned in the article on our blog, the best thing about Valencia is that you can split the 500k investment over several properties, giving you a rental income as well as a place to live. That's not quite possible in Madrid or Barcelona because prices are so much higher. Our lawyers can guide you through the process of getting the visa and we highly recommend using them as negotiating the minefield of Spanish bureaucracy can be a challenge at times and is definitely massively time consuming. 
Contact us for the details if you're interested in property and the golden visa. The next visa is the non-lucrative visa, and this applies to more people. So, listen up. The non-lucrative visa was originally devised for people who have either finished work or don't need to work, i.e. pensioners coming from other countries who wanted to retire in Spain, or people living off income derived from investment, shareholdings, or other things. How do you apply for it? Well, you need to apply for residency through the non-lucrative visa initially for one year. You have to do this from your home country, and the requirements for the non-lucrative visa are as follows. Takes a deep breath. 1. A valid passport with at least one year left on it. 2. Proof of residency status in the country from which you are applying. In some cases this is a maybe. There's some countries where you are allowed to apply through the Spanish embassy without having to prove residency in that particular country. But usually you need proof of residency status. 3. You should have a minimum income for getting the Spanish non-lucrative visa of around €2,300 per month plus an extra €590 Euros per dependent per month if applying as a family. Therefore, a couple, it's basically €2,900. A couple with a kid, €3,500. A couple with two kids, €4,100, etc, etc, etc. This income must be there without having to engage in economic activity in Spain. And this is where it can become a bit hazy as to what engaging in economic activity in Spain is necessitating a new visa of which we will talk more later. Usually you'll need to open a bank account in Spain and deposit a year's worth of money to prove this. Opening the bank account by the way may prove difficult if your source of income is a non-traditional e.g. self-employed, freelance from crypto investments or from having bought an iffy drawing of an eight wearing a toga and shades as an NFT and then having sold it for a ridiculous amount of money to some even more deluded nutter just a few months later. Expect to be asked by the bank for tax information from the last couple of years to prove that that money is yours or came from an NFT of an ape. Four, you need to have private health insurance and that private health insurance mustn't have any co-payments. In other words, you pay for prescriptions as well. As we've mentioned before on our blog, this becomes more expensive as you get older and you really need to keep this in mind as you get older because the price will go up year on year. Five, you need to fill in the non-lucrative visa application form EX01. We've put it in the show notes for you. Six, you need to complete a visa application form. We've also put that as a download in the show notes. Seven, you need a completed application form model 790 code 052 with payment made. It's again in the show notes linked up. Eight, you need a medical certificate from your home country showing you are in good health. Nine, you need a police check certificate from any countries you have lived in for the last five years just to make sure you're not laundering money all over the place. Ten, you may be asked for other papers to accompany those above because this is Spain. In the recommended video today, we show you why this might be so. It's hilarious, make sure you don't miss it. The processing time for the application is around one month, he said. Depends on the embassy, depends on the staff, depends on the COVID situation, it depends on a lot of things. Be careful because with COVID it could be longer, so don't just start applying one month before. Ask a few months before at your local embassy how long it is taking them to do it at the moment. 
Once it's granted, you have 90 days to enter Spain and get established, registering your presence with the police within 30 days of arrival. So a maximum of 120 days. So it's 90 days to get here. If you come in on the 90th day, then you have another 30 days to register with the police. Otherwise, your visa will become null and void. The next type of visa is the entrepreneur's visa. Very quickly, forget it. Said it last week, don't bother. It's a waste of time because it takes forever and you're not guaranteed you're going to do it even if you've got the best business plan in the world. Said it last week, I repeat it this week. Finally, we have the digital nomad visa. Why am I talking about something that doesn't exist? Well, the digital nomad visa has been confirmed by the parliament and it looks like it will be in place by midsummer, as we said, but the requirements are not out yet. It looks like it's going to be similar to the non-lucrative visa in the sense you'll have to show your income to be sufficient to live on from your activity and that you can do your activity from anywhere, whether that is as a freelancer, a business owner or an employee of a company in a different country. We expect the amount required to be similar at around €2,300 for an individual and you'll become a Spanish taxpayer working here. However, tax will only be charged at 15% for the first five years, so it could be a good option for people. More details are to come as they are published, but it's an exciting development and we have a lot of interested parties waiting on the details of this visa in order to move to Valencia. You wouldn't believe how many people we got interested in this. It's a lot. So that's it about visas for this week. If you've got any more questions about it, shoot us a question at information at valencia-property.com and we'll attempt to answer it next week. Now we move on to the listeners' questions. We've got three more questions this week. Firstly, we've got one from Tony about mortgages. Hi, Graham. As I consider my move to Valencia, what should I know about the differences between mortgages in Valencia versus mortgages in the United States and how should I best prepare my credit for evaluation by the Spanish banks? So Tony, you're treated the same as any other resident or non-resident in the sense that there are two things that are important, income and outgoings. If you can prove that you can afford to pay the installments on the mortgage, then you can get one. Some banks will not allow you to have a mortgage if you earn your money in a different currency but luckily, this is not a generalized thing. We send people to Mortgage Direct, we've linked them up in the show notes, as they have relationships with all of the banks and are able to source a bank that will suit your requirements. However, you need to clean up any outstanding debts you may have in the States, for example, because they will take into account car loans, credit cards, mortgages, second property mortgages, any other debts. You've got to be really careful. They can see that when you supply your paperwork so you've got to make sure that you'll be able to pay. The next question is from John, and it's about Spanish construction. Hello, Graham. We have found out that Spanish housing is insulated less than in our home countries. What other quirks do we need to know about in buying Spanish homes? So, yes, insulation lacks in Spanish construction. Often walls are single skin or single layer with no cavity wall or insulation. Roofs are often worse, and this can be a problem in penthouse apartments, of course, as that lovely wooden vaulted ceiling is more or less directly under the tiled roof, which is more or less directly under a sun, which makes it very hot. It also means in winter it's cold. In summer, the air conditioning gets a very good workout. You need to take this into consideration when you're buying a property, of course. Northern facing flats get very cold in the winter. Southern facing flats are often too hot for nine months of the year. The Valencian's Goldilocks orientation is east, by the way. 
What more do you need to know about quirks? Well, the pillar on beam construction, meaning you can generally knock down interior walls. In older buildings, you may need to change the pipe work as it might be lead piping. You'll probably need to do the electrics if you don't want everything turning off when you switch on a couple of lights. We talked about a lot of this in the modernization episode. The next question we have is from Lachlan, and it's about how we can represent you. Hello, my name is Lachlan, and I have a question for the podcast. I'd like to know if it's possible to work with you as an agent that can represent us with other agents with properties listed in at various different sites, different companies, rather than having to go and see these properties with each individual separate agent. Thank you. So Lachlan, yeah, uh, we can represent you with the majority of agents because um, we've been doing this for years and we have a funnel of clients and therefore we work with a lot of agents who like working with our clients because they know they have the ability to pay and they are ready to buy. Just think about it. If somebody's coming over from the United States, for example, or Canada, they're going to buy. Otherwise, it's a very wasted trip. It's not like living in Northern Europe where you can just pop down on EasyJet or Ryanair. It takes a bit longer. I've written an article about this on the blog. Um, it's about how we act as, if you like, a personal MLS, a multi-listing system. We go to each agent and say, you've got one property that we're interested in for this client and we want to see it. We go to seven or eight agents who might have one property each. So rather than you actually having to go directly to those seven or eight agents who are all going to charge you exactly the same as we do anyway, we make the job a lot easier. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, we'll put together an itinerary that suits you based on what each agent has got. All of the agents are quite happy to work with us in this sense. There are some agents who don't work with us, and there are some agents who we don't work with. There are reasons. If you want to know why, just ask. Send me an email and I'll tell you why. I've linked up in the show notes the article in which we talk about uh, working as a personal MLS and also why we act as a buyer's agent in Valencia. It's a very simple process working as a buyer's agent and it's normal because here in Valencia, agents traditionally charge both the buyer and the seller. So this week, our recommended video, as I mentioned earlier, is a classic showing Spanish entrepreneurship coming up against Spanish bureaucracy in a shootout for the ages. You've got a link in the show notes and it's really worth taking a look at. I got you the version with subtitles in case you don't understand Spanish. The original video is 10 years old now and I think everyone in Spain has seen it and recommended it to everyone they know. It's truly superb. It's what awaits you when doing paperwork. So get a lawyer with the power of attorney. You have been warned if you don't, this is what will happen. The recommended article this week, well, on the blog this week we wrote a pie into what makes Valencia so livable. 20 little things that make living in Valencia great. Sometimes we don't appreciate what we have, so I thought I'd write about some of them. Take a look at the article at the link in the show notes. Our recommended property this week, well, among the latest properties we uploaded onto the site, there was a penthouse on Valencia's Golden Mile. It needs a reform, but it's particularly interesting for anyone in this price range. 750,000 anyone? 
The description is interesting too. I'm not going to repeat all of it, but it starts off with, About the igneous chariot of swift flaming steeds, I crossed with him the shadows of the night, and we crossed the deep realms of unmeasured space through suns and worlds. What's this? My palace. Why did it start like that? Well, it's on Poeta Vicente Quero, which is a road named after a poet, and that's one of his poems. So that's it for this week. That's your podcast. Again, we've tried to keep it down to 20 minutes so that it's interesting for you. And hopefully it's got some interesting information in here for you. If you have any questions, you know what to do. Get in touch with us on information at valencia-property.com or drop me a WhatsApp on 0034-657-994311 and we'll try to answer you. We might answer you directly. We might answer you in the form of the next podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this podcast with your friends, anyone you think who might like it. We try to be as useful as possible, and hopefully this podcast has been useful for you. This has been a podcast from Valencia Property. You can find us on our homepage at www.valencia-property.com. Also, if you put a backslash and new onto that, you'll get our blog, but you can find it on the homepage anyway. You can get in touch with us on information at valencia-property.com or you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, of course, from Valencia Property. We're on Twitter, that's Greyhunt, G-R-A-H-U-N-T. And you can also find us on Instagram. Wherever you find us, we hope to see you in Valencia soon.